What is up, everyone? Welcome to Scorch the Fears. We are with my boy, my man, Luciano, a beast in sub two. It's amazing to have you on here, brother. I, this has been a long time coming. I think I asked you at Clever like a year ago, but like you did, couldn't do it for whatever reason. And yeah. then now you're here, which is awesome. And like I'm excited to have you here. I got you on IG Live. I got you on here. People on IG Live, if you want to see and actually hear Luciano, you're going to have to come to YouTube. So go to YouTube. Just look up my name. You'll find it. Um, and so, yeah, man, like real quick, just introduce to the people who you are, what you do in real estate. Because, um, yeah, people should know that you're a freaking beast. Dude, Jonah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um so do do yeah, like you said, um, I am a real estate investor based out of Arizona. However, if you guys can see, I am not in Arizona. I'm actually in Lake Tahoe. I run a virtual team currently, and so I figured, why stay in the heat of Arizona when I can be in different places at different times? Um, Thirty-one years old, born in Argentina. Some fun fact about me, and uh, that's kind of the, the quick intro. I'm sure we're going to get a lot deeper into it as we go through. So what uh, is, hour. what is your business real quick? Like, what are you, what are you mainly doing? I know you were doing a lot with the land for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Wrapping land. I'm pretty sure. So like, are you still doing that? Like what's your business? Yeah. So currently I have a, I actually don't like the word wholesale. I say acquisition, even though the majority of what we're currently doing is wholesaling, but why do I call mm -hmm. it acquisition? It's because we're actually in, I'm in that part of my journey that I'm trying to, let me rephrase that. I erasing the word trying out of my vocabulary. I'm working on moving from the part where you wholesale, wholesale, wholesale to acquiring. So I have an acquisition business. But I you know what's the best way it. to do that real quick, just as a advice? Tell me, please. Not even I'm working, not even I'm trying. I am whatever. Ooh, That's it. Love that. Don't add, don't add anything extra to it. Just a little I, quick mindset tip. <laughs> dude, I love that. Thank you. So sorry, keep going, keep going. No, yeah, so that's exactly where I'm at currently. And it's actually, uh, which is what we're going to cover a little bit later, um, it's technically my second swing at a, at a team. Because for a long time, I was just solo running, doing everything by myself. And that has a lot of challenges. I mean, that I can list out a whole list of why not to do that. There's some benefits to it. But I'm at that stage where we're at an early, we're about 100 days into my team. And, uh, man, it has shown me so much more than just wholesaling. It's not about being on the phones anymore. Now it's about leading, showing, you know, being the role model. And, um, that's currently where I'm at. We're actually working on a partnership right now with, uh, a different team and, uh, to acquire a lot, a lot of stuff, a well-developed team that's been running for years. So we're right. essentially branching out to their creative branch, but more on that later. So that's where I'm I at. Awesome, bro. Yeah. I just, I know you're a beast, so I wanted people to know it real quick. Um, so is it just so I know, is it, is it normal residential stuff or is it land too? Or like, is there any specialties? That's a great question. Yeah. So it used to be land. Uh, that's how I started, but it's all single family residential right now. No condos, gotcha. no apartments, no multi, just single, single focus on one thing. Cause that's actually one of my weaknesses is just the squirrel syndrome, which I think a lot of people can relate. Well, hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent going to get into that for sure. So my classic first question, as always, Luciano, is basically when you were starting out, when you had just learned about real estate, what were the fears that were holding you back? Because there are people on here right now. We got four people watching currently. What were the people, what were your fears? What was holding you back from just at least taking the first step? Like where, what were your fears and how did you overcome them to get to the place you are today awesome yeah i think the first the biggest fear i've had it, it funny enough there wasn't one single thing i just had this whirlwind of overthinking and i still battle that i still work on hey like don't overthink that just do it but i've gone way 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 better at that but i used to be like i need to know this i need to know that i need to know this so it's like i was afraid to miss the details and if you do that, you're going to get into this paralysis analysis phase where you just sit there and overthink it. Oh, I need this. I need the right contract. I need to write this. And so for a long time, it was just like, oh, are you sure? It was just all this hesitation about taking the whatever step I took that it was going to be the wrong step. However, it doesn't even matter if it's the wrong step. As long as you're taking the steps, you're going to learn either way. 
but that was my biggest holdback, my biggest fear. It wasn't just one specific thing, but I would say it's just a whirlwind of overthinking. And I think that's a very relatable one. Uh, if I had to pin it down to one thing, it was always the contracts and the writing. Funny enough, that's actually my strong suit now. <laughs> so hmm. um, I guess that's kind of comes back to. Let's talk about the overthinking for a second. I want to talk about the overthinking for a second, because I think that's like one of the most common ones, analysis, paralysis, that type of stuff. So what do you feel like caused that? Like about like, what was causing that you think? And then secondly, how'd you get over it? I think what caused that was um, my personality, I think has changed through the years, but I used to be um, a little background about me. I used to be a nurse before that. I, uh, I was a pre-med student. So I had all the science stuff going on in college. So it's very calculated, very precise, very accurate. And I believe a lot of that translated into the entrepreneur side of things. Um, and I think it was just that kind of personality. And it's just having a fear of like getting things wrong. You know what I mean? If being a pre-med, if you don't get A's in all your tests, dude, you're you're not making it to med school usually. It doesn't, not always, but mm -hmm. you always push to have everything perfect. And so when I came into real estate, I think that kind of came about and I was like, oh, I need this, I need that. And it's just like, you don't, you really don't, you really don't. Right. I feel like that's like one of the hardest issues for people, like coming from a school background into the entrepreneurship world, because I feel like that's one of the biggest issues with school is like, there's one right answer and you better get it right or you're 100% wrong. On real estate, in life, in entrepreneurship, there's a ton of different right answers. And you just got to keep trying stuff until you find the one that works for you, right? So I think that's mm -hmm. super relatable, especially someone who was in the medical field. I think that's honestly makes a ton of sense that like you were so used to needing to get A's. And like we all grew up with that, right? We all grew up with that from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, um, pre like medical school, all that type of stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. it's super relatable and that totally makes sense. Um, and then, so what happened? How'd you, how do you feel like you got over it? So by sheer luck, I, um, kind of going back, let me give you a little bit, let's rewind the timeline a little bit, even though I always say I started with land, cause that's a true start to the journey. I actually technically had two wholesale deals that I did in 2018 and how that came about um, was that I found a mentor through a friend who was working for a real estate company. I didn't even know what, you know, investment companies were actually a thing. I used to, I used to always think investors were people with a lot of money that were suits and whatnot. And so one of my friends, I, I, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? I see you doing all this real estate stuff. I, I just read rich dad, poor dad. I was at that phase, the very, very beginning. And she's like, oh, I actually work for this uh, investment company. Uh, I think you'd actually really like my boss. Let me introduce you guys. Sure enough, we went to lunch. Um, his name is Brendan Reed. He actually still has a company. He's based out of Florida. He's amazing. Uh, we went to lunch and he never actually had a mentee. I was his first one. And so he was kind of pitching the idea, saying that his mentors were like, hey, man, you should coach somebody. And he kind of laid it on the table softly for me. And I, I was just like, are you asking me this? And uh, then I hit him up later and I'm like, hey, man, like, whatever you were talking about, like, let's do it. I don't care how. And so sure enough, he took me under his wing and dude, it, that, that helped. We agreed on half of any deal that we did together, which was half of any deal that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Cause he taught me how to, you know, talk to sellers. Dude, he had me putting out bandit signs, all these things, which is crazy now thinking about it, but um, that's how I got over. It. I literally had somebody hold my hand. And so we can speak about that too, how important having a mentor, having community is. So that was it. Gotcha. I would say that's like, that is the most common and probably the best way to get into real estate. So really quickly talk about how'd you find your mentor? How did that come about? And then how would you recommend somebody else find a mentor? Because I think that's, I think that's the difference, dude. I think it's, I think that's the difference between success and not success is why would you reinvent the wheel? what are you doing? Like find someone who's doing exactly what you want to be doing and either pay them money or do something for them so that they're willing to mentor you. So how did you develop that relationship and how would you recommend somebody else develop a mentor mentee relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you first asked that, I wanted to automatically say, Oh, I got lucky. But if, um, if anybody knows Marlon Johnson, mindset, Marlon, my roommate, he'd be like, that was not luck. That was, you attracting it right and so because i was putting mm -hmm. in the work i was putting in the hours i was reading 
I actually reached out for help. Um, even though um, Jesse is the one who introduced me, she wasn't the mentor, but she got me connected to somebody. So being curious and asking for help, I think is the very first step reaching out to people. But at the same time, and I didn't know this back then, but at the same time, now I know bring value, right? And that's, uh, I want to say it's very obvious, but if you're going to say, come up to somebody and say, Hey, mentor me, come with something, right? Come with, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll help around your business. I'll do, you know, this, if you need that, if you need, even if it's grunt work, that grunt work, even if you make $0 today, I guarantee you, if you stay with it five years, 10 years from now, the return on investment that that effort, that sweat equity that you put is going to be absolutely immense. Like, you know, you can't even put that into, into uh, you can't even put a number to that. So that's what I would recommend. And um, always be a sponge. Always want to learn more, always be curious. So that's kind so of what value, thing. what value did you give to your mentor? Or like, yeah, why do you think your mentor chose you? Funny enough. I, um, that's why I said, I didn't know that back then. I would say that I didn't really come up with any value up front, but I, we talked to him, you know, we had a meeting, we kind of set up for expectations. And he said, if, you know, he, he kind of vetted me to see if I would actually put in the work and the value for him, it wasn't money up front, but it was half of, you know, my first, I think we agreed on first three deals. And then it was supposed to be less after that and kind of taper off over time. So having that, you know, having the hustle, having the sweat equity and know him knowing that he was going to get, you know, half of each assignment that I made, that was the value that I kind of brought forward. So putting in the work, I think, was the biggest value up front. Sure enough, we both got paid um, some decent amount on some of those assignments. So I think you're also downplaying yourself a bit because I know that if that guy's doing tons of deals and he was willing to do a Zoom meeting with you, you seemed like you wanted it, right? Dude, he took me to There's lunch. Something. It wasn't even what? Zoom. I said, he took me to, sorry to cut you off. I'm like, he took me to lunch and he paid. I was like, what? That's before the Zoom There's day. something you did. I'm willing to bet a million dollars. That's something you did was that you made it very clear that you were not screwing around, that you mm -hmm. were, if you had this lunch, things were going to happen, right? I guarantee it. Otherwise, if he, if he thought you were going to be a pushover and just do nothing, I highly doubt he would have met with you. Um, I just want you to know that even if you, you, if you think back, because how long ago was this? Like two or three years ago now? 2018. We're talking five. Four years ago. So 2018. Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. So I just guarantee, like, you just need, I promise you that, like, there is, that that definitely was part of it. I just want you to know that. Like, do you feel like there was something else there? I, I do within, and I'm, I'm, Hopeful that that's what he saw in me, right? But within, I had so much conviction. I had so much drive coming in. I just graduated from um, uh, nursing school about a year before that. And from the moment I hit that workforce, that W-2, I was already looking for a way out. So right. I had that new guy hunger that's like, dude, I'll do anything. And it's just, I think it showed in my face. It showed in my demeanor. It showed in my eyes. Like I could definitely, uh, dude, it was, I actually kind of missed that, um, that being in the, being in the trenches, days when i used to go put bandit signs after the fact i was like oh man i would never want to do it again but now looking back like how cool is that i was literally going going 3 a.m in the morning just but but tree hammer Love um that. never got to deal from a bandit sign they were gone like the next day but uh sure enough man it was it was it was cool it was cool and so i i had that hunger and i think that energy people can feel that right it was there and so um I would say that was the, the determining factor for me to, for him to take me in and um, teach me. And so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that because without that, I'm not sure, you know, one little time, one little action, one little thing that people do for you can change your complete trajectory. So guys like that goes for everybody, right? You know, whether it's a positive or negative thing, just know that that help, that advice can change other people. I've seen new sub two students fly past me in their journey and tell me, dude, thank you for meeting with me when I was, first starting this is because of you and i'm like because of me all i told you was to go do this this and that but sure enough they did it and so just wanted to point that out 100 percent. that's happened to me too where i'm like man how the how the hell are you at this stage now <laughs> i'm like i remember when you were just starting out but it's all good i love i love seeing people succeed but 
how about like, cause like one of the things that you're going to get from this is people are going to reach out to you if they didn't know you beforehand. Right. So ideally, like, how do you do that re outreach? You think like, what would, what would you want someone to say to you if they're like, damn, I love Luciano. I want him to mentor me. Like what in the world, how would I, how would I reach out to you? How would I reach out to a Luciano, a Jonah Corchin, a Mindset Marlin, any of these people who could make us, we easily could make anyone tens of thousands a month and probably assume hundreds of thousands a month, right? Mm -hmm. So what, how do you, um, yeah, how would you want someone to reach out to you? Like, what, how would you, what would make you want to mentor somebody? It's definitely an action taker, right? I would like to see somebody who, you know, it's already in the business, it's already doing it. It's already looking to kind of take their, where they're at now to the next level and showing that they're doing it already. And if they aren't, the most, most of the time, my advice to them is, hey, go, you don't know what you're doing. Here's my actually best gift and kind of mentorship advice to you at this stage. If you're brand, 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 you've never done anything yet, is go read, you know, one, this book, that book, this book, and then some of those to name out. If I would say Rich Dad Poor Dad is like a staple. If you, you know, I, I would recommend for everybody to reach that, to read that. Always. Um, and then there's there's a few more, but at least that one. That's the one book that I always. That's like my litmus test. If somebody wants advice, if somebody wants help, and they're not in real estate at all, I say, hey, go read this. And I've had people read it like literally the next week, and they're like, dude, I that was so good. Like, holy crap, I'm so interested. But ninety percent of people never come back. And if you know, if right. you can't read at least one book, then you're telling me already that like, you're not that interested, you may just want to consume, but not actually necessarily take action. I mean, that, and that's okay, that can, they might be in that stage for a while. So was I. And then one day I was just like, dude, I started working like on my job. And I was like, No, not let it. me, let me take it. That's when I reached out to to Jesse, who connected me to Brennan. And then at that point, that's when I started my, my, my journey. So I would say, Take, if you're already taking action, let's go. You know, it doesn't mean you don't have to even have had done a deal. You can reach me on my Instagram. We can, I, I can drop it. I'm not sure if I can drop it in the chat here or not, but I'm happy to do that. Well, like, well at the very end, I'll have you drop everything. Instagram, Perfect. all that. People have to stay till the end to know about you. Hey, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, man, I love that. I'm stealing that. You have to read a book. I'm going to give you a book recommendation. You have to read it to me and then I'm going to like test it. I'm, I, maybe I might do it. I might test you a little bit. Be like, okay, you are doing stuff, right? Because my issue is so many people hit me up and I'm like, dude, I have no idea how to filter whether you're worth my time. I want to help you, but I've wasted so much time talking to people who just aren't going to ever do anything. So I like that. I'm going to do that and be like, you have to read a book before you talk to me again and prove to me that you Absolutely. actually want this. I really like that. So Absolutely. let's continue with the story. You go, you go, you, you're with your mentor. What happens? So funny enough, the overthinking actually beat me again, but I'll get to that. So I, I started in 2018. We did a handful of deals. Um, I want to say it was like three or four. And then I don't think I was going about the wholesale thing correctly or i just had this kind of like this imposter syndrome as well which is also very common of oh man i'm not actually buying the house i don't have any money blah 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 like i feel like i'm lying to these people let me just go back to that comfortable zone that i was at and go back to read, reading bigger pocketbooks and going back to saving 20 percent down for a house when the market even on 2018 was already doing that so i would save money okay. guess what it, it, that that down payment kept running away from me and so i'm like it's okay I'll, I'll you know i'll get it and i'll buy a house i'll make it a rental i'll buy one a year so on and so forth um and then i just faded out completely fast forward um you know COVID started uh at the, at the end of uh beginning of 2020 so i kind of just about halfway through 2019 i just quit like dude quit and so that's why i only did two wholesale deals and it started again and we land COVID happened, um, and then that's when I picked up land. But for me, let me go back to that quitting part, is what uh, the other thing that happened, which I, I want to make everybody aware of, me and my mentor kind of started falling out. And I used to be like, why is he not really like, you know, giving me his time and stuff? It was, it wasn't, it was never him, dude. It was me. I was mm. sitting there like overthinking everything. I was sitting there, you know, asking, I don't want to say there's, you know, stupid questions, but at the same time, sometimes there's too many questions. It's just like, Hey, like 
that doesn't even make sense right now. Why we're asking this? Just take the step. Come back to me. Yeah, yeah. No, but there are definitely I, stupid I, I, questions. I want. I want to just say there are definitely <laughs> stupid you, questions. And Pace for sure gets mad at me for asking too many questions. There's a point where Pace, Pace definitely he loves me to death, but he'll definitely tell you it's like I annoy the hell out of him with asking questions. Where he's like, I'm gonna give you the answer, and then you're not gonna accept it. And I'm like, you know what? You're 100% right because I hate that answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, it's completely true. And the 100% you can ask too many questions and too many dumb questions. Yeah. And that got to me, man. After a while, it was just like, I, I was just thinking 10 steps ahead when really I just needed to take two steps. Like if you look at a stairwell, like I would say 99% of people at 20 step stairwell, you're not going to just jump and get up there. There might be somebody out there. I don't know, LeBron James, something like that. But most people have to actually walk the steps to get to the top. And I was sitting here coming up with plans, coming up with things. And how do I get to the top step without even realizing that it's just as easy as taking step one, step two, step three, step four and get in there. And that was just me, you know, overthinking the whole thing. So we kind of fell out of contact. And then I was just like, nah, screw real estate for now. Let me go back to, to the job and whatnot. And then COVID happened, right? And I just kind of got fed up with, uh, like I said, I was a nurse. And I'm like, dude, like there's so much political, a lot more stuff in the inside, right? That I could talk about as well, but um, not to get into it. And then I, my friend was doing land. And so I was like, oh, I've done wholesale, done a few deals. Let me get into this. And then that's when I started getting into land. And that was actually cool because I think, I believe that's actually what got me into creative financing because I was selling land on um, seller financing and such. And so I kind of started getting a little bit of that taste. And so that's kind of phase two of my journey, but um, shortly Love after it. I joined sub two. What was your, what was your greatest challenge in that phase of your journey? In like the first part, like I, what I'm hearing is like, you heard about real estate in 2018, you got a mentor, but then you didn't really follow through because for what, what were the reasons? Why do you feel like you didn't follow through in 2018 versus having to wait till the pandemic? Yeah. Again, I, I just overthinking everything, man. It's just uh, maybe complicating everything. Like, Oh, wait, let me like, especially yeah, at first, it was just an Excel sheet and it was easy and it was simple and it was wrong. Then I found out about Podio and I was like, oh, let me build this thing out to make it a little easier in my life. And I'm not an integrator at all, but I was trying to automate everything. Dude, you guys, you cannot automate the work. The work is the work, right? You can automate things. You can automate parts of things, but actually doing the work, you know, putting your nose to the grindstone, that has to be done. And I didn't realize it. I was just like, God, let me make all this like as automated as I can, you know, and it actually completely drove me out of of the business and you know a lot of times i'm like man what could i have done by now if i would have just kept going in 2018 and uh you know i've kicked myself in the butt enough times about that but i can't think that way because today is today you can't really go back in time and um you know i'm just grateful for what i did learn in 2018 which is teaching me not to let go of this thing again because this is my only plan i don't have a job my nursing license expires next year um and you know there's there's just no plan b for me so that's where i'm at and so I'm glad I quit once because now it's teaching me, teaching me not to let go of that again. What made you quit? Because that not having a plan B, let's talk about that. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about this and that's really scary for a lot of people. Quitting your W-2 is like super scary for most people. Like you have responsibilities. I mean, I know you're a younger guy. I know you don't, I don't think you have kids or a mm-hmm. wife. And I think you have a girlfriend, but, I, mm-hmm. but like that's, but like, definitely like what gave you the courage to finally quit was it courage was it like a drive what what made it where you were like you know what i'm burning the boats so i was picking up on the land business this is fast forward 2021 um beginning of the year and i technically didn't just quit i was a travel nurse so it made it a little bit easier psychological to quit with travel nursing you have assignments with 13 weeks at the time I had finished an assignment and then I could have picked up another one, but I said, let me actually give myself some time and then I'll, I'll pick up another one later on. But in the back of my mind, I knew like, I'm not picking up another one, but I kind of lied to myself saying, yeah, I think it's rough. I'll pick up another one. Dude, it got rough. I did not <laughs> have enough money in the bank and whatnot to actually, you know, right. the money goes away really quick whenever, um, whenever you don't have a job. Even a little bit of income helps so much, whether it's for gas or whatever, right? But so that started to really bite me. And I'm like, dude, I got to get something going. I actually thought about picking up an assignment at one point. I was this close. And then I said, no, like, just just keep pushing, keep going. And um, yeah, so that was, I literally had to lie to myself that 
I could always go back to the safe, safety net in order to get away from the safety net. So that's kind of what helped me quit the job. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's interesting. So like, that is cool in the sense that you, since you had a nursing degree, worst, absolutely worst came to worst, you could pick up a job and get mm-hmm. money. So it like made you feel okay with like just taking a risk and taking a gamble. I like that a lot. I think that's like one of the, a really good idea for a lot of different people is having a skill like that where you can back up, fall on, should everything else fail. I think that's one of the, I think that was like, I, I don't remember where I read that, like the four hour work week or maybe or something like that, where it's like having a backup skill is always a good thing because then no matter what, even if all of your business stuff fails, if everything fails, you'll have that, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can definitely give you some like uh, um, courage because that's cool because you can just pick up a job instead of having to have a nine to five and making that like your life. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so let's keep going with your story. So you're, you're doing land, you learn a little bit about seller financing, and then you hear about a guy named Pace Morby, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, you know, I was I kind of, kind of in a rut in, in my life personally at the time, actually how I ended up um, joining us up too. So I was doing land, but I wasn't, as focused as I was at one point, um, you know, I finished my last assignment. Uh, I was still doing land, but it was kind of like not going too well. Had some personal stuff going on. And um, I was just like in this rut that I'm like, dude, like I need to, I, I need something. I need a spark. I need a, I don't know what I need. I already knew about Pace Morby. And he was actually like my favorite real estate guy at the time. But I wasn't really trying to find a spark within sub two within pace morby i wasn't even i knew about the mentorship but not too much so what i ended up doing literally as like therapy i went to a real estate event it's called the all-in event in phoenix arizona Mm -hmm. carlos is um yep carlos's event and uh dude that was like it almost like i have a hoodie but almost gives me goosebumps i was like dude that event it's just like re-sparked everything i'm like damn man i gotta i gotta work harder i gotta get this done i gotta just like i just brought all this drive which is what those events are supposed to do but i swear it brought it out on me a lot more than like i would say 99 percent of the people on there because i was in a rough patch sure enough um that's when i saw pace more videos when i talked to him for the first time and after that event i literally was like there's nothing that's going to get in my way from getting into this mentorship and so i mm-hmm. immediately uh worked on getting you know, I, I was like, who do I need to reach out with? I went on the website and then sure enough, you know, I had an interview with one of the, the, the intake people and I was in by the end of the month, by the end of May. Um, and that's where things like really started kicking up for me. Right. I, I, the community was insane as you know, as well, Jonah. And it, you know, I met so many people on that point in my career. I started going back to like, dude, I, I, I felt, you know, I felt back in the groove, but guess what? And this is why I said, I still battle it today. There was so much information. Guess what this brain did? Oh my God, there's Airbnb. There's this, there's that. You know what I mean? And so it's just like overload. And that's been one of my Achilles heels. It's just that squirrel syndrome that I mentioned in the beginning of of the podcast here. Um, But man, it's, that's, that's kind of where things picked up. And I've had my ups and downs sub two. It wouldn't sub two, but it's still my next challenge from that point, which I can tell, we can talk about here in a minute was, solopreneur and, and trying to do every single function of the business on my own. I think for a little bit that has value, but at some point you got to get a lead manager. You got to get to this. You got to get to that. If you are in, if that's your avatar, right? If you're trying to form a team, if you have no money, which at that time I had like no money. So um, gotcha. lots of lessons through that part. So of the let's talk about that a little bit. What was preventing you from making a team? I had the same problem too. Mine was, I was afraid of spending money. I still have a little bit of a fear of spending money. Like it, it hurts me spending, like I spend like 20K a month, 20, 25K a month, something like that on my business every every month. And that hurts, <laughs> right? Because I used mm-hmm. to, when I was a solopreneur, I spent literally nothing, probably like 2K a month, right? But I had to do everything also. So mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. What was preventing you from scaling? I think at that point, it was, 
imposter syndrome, plain and simple. It was why, you know, I had done deals at that point. I understood some of the seller finance stuff, but it, it was more of like, should I be lean people? Am I at that stage? Do, do I have enough value in me? All stuff that's all up here. All stuff that's up here. Stuff. And, you know, yeah, man. And that's all the mindset stuff, uh, which I know, you know, Marlon has covered this in your podcast before, just saying, you know, part of it's the business, but the biggest part is the mindset. And I said, no, nah, I can just keep going. I can just do this. I can just do that. Like, I'm like, let me just get more deals. And it's kind of like, I'm always chasing my tail. Like, let me, uh, you know, a couple more deals. So I'll get somebody. And it was just that. It was just me, me not wanting to delegate. And I think it was a little bit of that. Again, wanting to have everything right. Because now letting go of a task, it's not necessarily, they may not do it at the level that you do it, right? But here's the thing that I hadn't realized back then. If you delegate a task that you can do at 100% capacity, you delegate it to somebody who can do it at 80% capacity, that's a $10 an hour task. Now I can go do another task that maybe I'm not 100% capacity, maybe I'm 80% capacity here, but that's a $100 an hour task. Now you do the math. And even though this guy's not doing as good a job as you are, and you're not the expert at this, the grand total, the net positive is a lot greater than just doing a hundred percent capacity of a $10 task myself. But it took me a minute to realize. And if you're not scaling, you're, you're missing out on a bunch of opportunity costs. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And I mean, like also what type of life do you want? Right. Like I was able to go on vacation last week because I have a team, right. They're still mm -hmm. coming in. Um, I still have a lot of work on how to motivate them and make sure they're bringing in deals and all of that. But it's a lot better than if I had nobody, there'd definitely be no deals coming in. Right. Yeah. Um, so 100% get it. It's like, what life do you want? How do you want to do this? Do you want to be wholesaling is like a great job, right? But you have to actually make a business in order for it to be really like an asset, like something that pays you every single month. Right. Um, so Absolutely. yeah, man, I would say it makes total sense. And then what, what type of lifestyle do you want? Because you're in Lake Tahoe right now, right? Like, it's cool to hear. I like asking people this because people are like, I want to be a billionaire. Some people want to mm -hmm. are like, I want to just live, be able to travel and go wherever I want. Like Michelle and Paul, you know them, they're in Astro. Um, what's your goals? What, are, what do you want? What lifestyle do you want? Yeah, that's a great question. And to me, it's one of those things that I've, I've talked about this before with, with people. And it's, I, I want to, build my lifestyle and business nearly at the same time, but essentially my lifestyle around my business. Hence why I'm here in Lake Tahoe is because why not? Like would being in an office with something, would things be a little easier? Could I do, could I have a team on the ground? Yes, absolutely. But could I be here? No. So I, you know, you kind of have your choices. You kind of have the things that you want to do. There's challenges with the way that I'm doing it now. However, those are challenges that I'm willing to take on to be able to be in places like this, right? My lifestyle that I, that I, that I see, you know, I, frankly, I'm not a big, like, I want a private jet, even though I've heard Pace talk about it and the tax benefits and all that. And I'm like, maybe I do want a private jet, right? So, right. Um, but on a, on a, on a baseline, for me, it's definitely wealth, right? Complete wealth, time freedom. Like I want to have, you know, I don't know if I can say F you money. I'll keep it PG here. Um, but at the same time, I want to be that guy that like, you know, you're shopping and you wouldn't really think, oh, that guy has a lot of money because I want right. to spend it on, on travel and experiences. You know, I want to be, I want to be in the same place where people are. I just want to be able to fly into a helicopter there. If that makes sense. I love it. So that's the type of style that I want. And I'm trying to, I'm again, trying, I'm building it now. One step at a time, one brick at a time. And part of it's just, dude, being in places like this. I, I love seeing new places. I love seeing um, travel. I mean, traveling to new areas, getting to know the country. And I mean, just dude, being able to do a podcast outside. Um, I work yeah. out here a lot. And I was like, what better place to talk to Jonah than, I mean, I don't know. Oh, other side, you guys see the lake. It's yeah, no, we right see there. it. It's, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> it's beautiful. I hate focusing on me and taking it away from your background of Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe is one of my favorite places in the world. I grew up going to Lake Tahoe. So it's an amazing place. If you guys haven't been, it's awesome. Um, so 
Yeah, man. Like how talk real quick about um this is like I'm curious if you get this because I get this sometimes when I'm traveling. Although you're doing a little bit of a different traveling because you're like you're living there for a couple months and working mm-hmm. every single day, right? Like one thing that I got, like I remember like this was a challenge of mine, like just on this past vacation I just took to Turks and Caicos. It was like a one week thing with my family where like it is I was like, I'm gonna disconnect, I'm barely gonna work at all. And it was, and it like, I actually get guilt. I get like, I was like, I should be working. I should be doing things. Right. And it's completely really hard to let go. Do you ever feel that? I don't know in Lake Tahoe or just whenever you're traveling and stuff like that. One thousand percent. It is like one of my, one of the, the new things that I'm trying to overcome now by having a team, being a leader, it's, I may know that someone's work, especially cause we're all in different time zones. Right. So I have somebody in Florida, you know, homeboy is like working at 5 a.m. my time, but it's 8 a.m. his time. But even that gets to me a little bit. So things like that, definitely, 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 I feel the guilt. But what I, what I work with with my team is, um, we're still kind of working through the, through the um, um, details on whether this is the best or not, but we focus more on KPIs, right? I don't say come in at this hour and leave at this hour and that's your shift. We just do it KPI based. Make sure that, I mean, the KPI should actually keep you there for a decent amount of time. But if you really put your head down, turn your phone off, throw it on the other side of the room and just get here and do your calls, do your things, you could finish right. halfway through the day. And then I'm, I tell them, I tell my whole team, if you want to go to the beach after that, you hit your numbers, you crush your numbers, dude, go. So I try to kind of have that same culture. Like if I'm going to go away for a day, they can't do as long as the work is done. Cause anytime that I go away, cause I mean, I'm, I'm here, right. It's work is a lot or the work gets done in a week, but I can't say that I haven't gone snowboarding on a Wednesday when the team is working, but they know that very well. Cause I said, Hey guys, I got all, all the things that I need to do that I would have done on Wednesday done on Tuesday. I pushed this call off on Thursday. Um, you know, I'm still very like attached to Slack. Like the one right. thing that I never, that I, that I never miss if I Slack notifications, it's my team. What's up, right? Like I'm there for them at any any point. But uh, that's kind of how I work through it. I say if, if I get my work done and I can go do something, you guys I have the same expectation for you. I can't expect people to do um, things that I'm not willing to do, but also set an example of if you're going to do that, get your work done. Right. I like that. That's a good one, right? Um like it's, it's definitely, I definitely like that idea. I should probably do that. I have time requirements, but I should stop doing the time requirements and just be like, it's KPI based. Like you should just be hitting your calls and then you can take off if you actually hit your calls. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot. I might implement that. Um, Cause yeah, I get start, my start like a week. Cause it's, it's tough. It, it, it'll go back and forth too. Right. Cause like now you're kind of have time of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'll see sometimes they'll go out and do something in the morning and then they start later in the afternoon and they don't hit their KPI. So I always say start in the morning, even if it's KPI based. What I might change or do better is, hey, your start time, you have a start time. You just don't have a finish time. So kind of maybe like a hybrid. I like that. Yeah, like with my team, I just, I the main thing that I really want them to have is always just start in the morning, 9.30, or I'm sorry, 9.00 we we meet and do like a mindset thing like that's the only thing that's definite and then i try to i do like nine to five right and i'm like and then i just talk to them about like especially my commission-based ones it's like look this is what you got to do if you want to actually make money Mm -hmm. right this is what's gonna happen um this is what needs to change this is what has to happen and so yeah i always i think it's i think it's a lot of that so um what is like let's go into you join sub two you're there with pace morby um what are what are some of the other ups and downs that you've gone through i know you said shiny object syndrome you mentioned i don't know if you mentioned this on the podcast or before the podcast but you mentioned how like you're like only single family right now can you talk about that a little bit about like why you chose that and what what you're focusing on and why you're focusing on that yeah, no, absolutely. So for me, it's having to be mom boss and keep myself on track. Um, 
because I know I'll, I'll catch shiny objects. I see new things, dude, I want it. I see this, I want it. And that's been kind of my biggest struggle. And so what did I do? I said, dude, single family residential only. No apartments, no condos, no nothing. No, no multifamily, nothing outside of that. Strategies, cash, sub two, seller finance, hybrid. No innovations, no more methods, just keeping it simple. We're about to move into innovations. However, just making the focus that small and then, you know, widen it once you master that centerpiece. Otherwise, you're always you're going to know a little bit about everything. I'd rather know a lot about one thing. And so that's why I chose just single family and nothing, 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 nothing else. Now, if an opportunity of a lifetime came about in a multifamily, I would figure out a way to take it, but it would have to be like, very solid. Even, you know, my Airbnbs, we have, um, a handful of Airbnbs, um, that I, I started on summer. Now my girlfriend manages that completely who, not how I don't touch it at all. Cause right after that I started building the team that I currently have. So I said, I said, babe, I gotta be focused. I gotta do this one thing and this one thing only. And funny enough, that whole clear, very clear focus, very much going one direction came about a, um, I had a little vacation with some of my friends. I love them to death, but I used to, some of my friends from before I started real estate with a different mindset, with different goals. And so kind of hanging out with, with people who are not not in real estate kind of reminded me of, dang, like I kind of upgraded to, to real estate to go above and beyond what I used mm -hmm. to be. But I had realized this right before I started the team that I had gone a little bit complacent, actually a lot of it complacent. And so that was my spark to do. Let me, I, I'm going to start a team. I'm going to do it. I don't care. There's no other way. I'm not doing the solo thing. I'm going all the way. And so that was actually last year. And um, you can ask Marlon Johnson. He's like, dude, I've never seen you so, so crystal clear focused. Something just snapped that I was like, dude, I saw the old me. Don't want to be like that. What am I doing? You know, I used to be, I used to kind of think about it this way. I used to be like, the best is not the right word that I'm looking for, but kind of like at the top of like my friends and mindset of how I think about things. And then I came into this group of like like-minded individuals and I ended up becoming a, uh, somebody average within that group. Why? Why would I want to be somebody average? Let me be up here with all the people that are performing like high level performance. So it's just yourself, like Alejandro, a lot of these people that we know in the community and stuff too that are killing it. I'm like, how do I get to being like them? So that's my pathway. That's what I'm working to. And that's why I just said, dude, clear focus and just one single thing. Sorry, that was a little bit more than the question you asked me, but no, that was good. I loved it. Had a it. little bit more. No, I loved it. I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, we had the shiny object syndrome, but you were also mentioning about, um, well, let's finish the shiny object syndrome first. So, what, um, what, like, so, so how would you recommend, because this is like an interesting thing for me right now. I like these things because I just ask advice from my friends about shit I'm dealing with, right? Love um, it. What do you do when opportunities come by that aren't your main focus? Like my main focus right now is wholesaling. I like it a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But I do every once in a while do creative, more creative financing stuff, like where it's like I got a sub two, I got one rental, I got like a wrap. They sometimes take away my focus, which is really annoying. Do you just always hire a manager? Like, how do you deal with that? Who know how, right? If I find something that's, that's not my forte, even land. Like I know enough about land to be dangerous is what I say, but I don't even touch it anymore. We are essentially putting those off to somebody who does land. Even if it's a good opportunity, and then let's just JV on it. Because the time that I'm going to spend on something that is not my focus, that I have to actually, you know, spend more time getting into that thing, might actually take away other revenue, other opportunities that um that I could have done in that time. I, I love the saying, how to go? Uh, you you can't, you know, you're st stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. Right. And so I kind of sometimes feel that way about some of those things. If I don't know how, how to do, deal with it, I'll just bring it to somebody and say, hey, here's an opportunity. How can we work on it together? So on and so forth. So not necessarily hiring a manager, but rather, finding the who to that how and just kind of back now and say, Hey, let me just, you know, let's JV on it. And that's it. 
I haven't actually ran into a massive opportunity that I'm like, let me just go back all in right. into this other opportunity yet. And I think that's because I've been so focused on one thing. No, and I, plan I to love keep it. it that way. I love it. And then the other part of what you were mentioning beforehand is how do you deal with your old friends and that lower mindset? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. I have my friends. I love them, but they still love doing drinking. Some of them still do drugs. And I'm like, I don't really like it. I, I drink, but I don't like it that much i do it when it's a special occasion then i like it mm-hmm. but like how do you how do you um how do you reel that back in because you have like you know they've been your friends for a really long time they still are really good friends you still love them all of that stuff how do you how do you balance that or how do you deal with that yeah no that's a great question and I, a lot of the friends from back then um the ones that i still talk to we share core values so that's something that I can still relate to them. It may not be real estate, may not be entrepreneurship, but a lot of times there's, you know, life, enjoyment, whatever it may be, there's core values that we still share that we can still connect on. And, you know, I still love them to death. So that's, I think, a, a big tie because it's not always all about, you know, real estate and stuff and the mindset that goes into entrepreneurship. And what I love about them is they actually kind of have coined me as like, oh, yeah, Luciano's the real estate guy. He's the entrepreneur in the group. And they respect it and they like it. Funny enough, though, um, at one point, one of my really good friends, um, he said, uh, he's like, oh, man, I, what are you doing in this MLM stuff? That's what he thought I was doing. And then I, I showed up one day to work and I was like, hey, bro, like, check out this this wire. I had like my bank account pulled up with like 10 grand in my first wholesale deal. And he's like, what? What? Wait, this is real? I was like, uh-huh. And so that was like the best feeling, but like, you know, it's one of those things that like, it's still not for them. They don't really care about it. Um, A lot of them nurses are making, they're making money, but they, they respect it. They, they're cool with it. And we just share a lot of core values. Then a lot of the, now let's talk about the big, big, like, I guess big group of friends. A lot of us just don't talk to you because we, again, we kind of outgrow each other just like you do as kids, but rather, I grow each other, even as adults, just because we don't share those core values. But a lot of the friends that I do have that are not in real estate, uh, I think, again, core values are one of the things that keeps us together. I love it. I love it so much. It's a really good answer um, in the sense of like you're thinking about the core values that keep you together is a smart way of still keeping up with old friends, but then also going through it like my best friends now are like trying to get into real estate investing with me they're becoming my private money lenders or they're like trying to own multifamily with me and all of that type of stuff right um which is eventual thing like i i agree 100 percent, guys focus on one thing wholesaling whatever it might be until you can literally hire a coo or someone to manage that entire business for you and then once you've hit that point then move on to the next thing then move on to flipping or multifamily or whatever. Like my goal basically is this year I'm praying I get someone who's like COO-esque who can run the wholesaling operation. I don't, I want to hit, I need to hit a hundred K in revenue a month for me to feel comfortable hiring a COO type of person. And I'm not, I'm like up almost halfway to that every month, which is annoying the fuck out of me. I'm like, God damn it. This is like, I should, I want to be able to get into hundred K. And there's like a bunch of different reasons. It's just like, took myself out. I'm like, I'm the sales coach. So like, that's good and bad, right? Because you can really be um, having like, good, you are obviously the best salesperson, but then also you need to like, get out of it and let your salespeople run things and do things, right? Do you have any problems with that yourself with like delegation or anything like that? Was that ever a problem for you? Um, I feel that sometimes that I, I'm, I itch to get on the phone. Like I want to snipe leave right. out of my closer and be like, dude, let me take that one. But I, I don't because what is that even, what's that going to do for me? It's just going to kind of pull me back in. It's just going to give them an opportunity to have that cushion up. Oh yeah. He can take care of that. Right. Um, but I, I, I like, dude, I like pitching creative. I like being on the phone and it's just one of those things that I'm detaching from. Uh, but I'm, I'm in the same boat, right? I'm kind of more the sales coach. I, I listen to the calls. I was actually just listening to calls before this podcast, trying to calibrate some things, trying to, you know, even, even the little things. So sometimes you'll do a little tweak on a call and things will change a lot. And, um, and yeah, delegation, man, that's, that's an art. It's a lot tougher. Um, Hey, Marcus money jams. What's up, brother? Um, Marcus, our guy. Yeah. Marcus is awesome, man. Um, yeah, it's awesome view, but yeah, so that's, that's one of the things it's, 
delegating, I think you just need to be to have clarity on on what you're looking to delegate. We did this at the mastermind. We had um, a delegation part, and like it made me realize, like, oh my god, I'm missing so many components. And even now, I I still have to remember when I want to delegate something, I have to have those things in place, have the systems in place. It's a lot easier to delegate when you actually have a system for them to run off of than to say, hey, go do this thing. I think go do this thing is appropriate at, at a different level. But if you're trying to run a business that's has certain very specific parts, you should have a system. Now, if you have somebody who you're delegating leadership or you're delegating a whole branch like a partner, then I think that's the, the a good recipe to say, hey, I need this to look like this. Go make it happen, right? But to the team, to the lead managers, to the acquisition, having a pipeline, having a process, having where to put the task and the follow-up, to them is important because then they don't really have to worry about thinking about those things as much. They just worry about being on the phone and closing the deals and moving the pipeline forward. The delegation is quite an honor. Yeah. 100%, man. It's like, that's like the, that's the challenge, right? I heard Pace talk about it. He's like, it, like getting a deal was not the hardest part about real estate, getting himself out of the business and like just owning the business was the hardest part. So we're in the hardest part right now. So that makes me happy that we're like almost there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So totally. my guy, I on this one have like a pretty hard stop at one. So I want to make sure I get in like the questions that I always ask people. So yeah. when if you, Luciano, could go back to 2018 to yourself, knowing everything you know now, what would you ask yourself? I'm sorry, what would you tell yourself knowing everything that you know now? You have a time. You know, it's, it's so funny that I just asked my team something very similar today in, in, in our huddle. But to answer your question, man, I would I would... I would literally just grab myself in the shoulders but, and be like, don't shake myself, right? Be like, don't think too much about this. Just follow the recipe. Just trust the process. You know, do the thing, do the work. The next, the things will fall into place rather than going back and just trying to get to that top of the ladder, going into the, you know, trying to, you should have the trophy in mind. You should have the end goal in mind, but you don't necessarily need to have step nine, figured out on how to get to 10 you got to figure out step two three four five if you're already if you you're in step one so i would tell myself do the work don't overthink don't try to automate everything and just take it one step at a time it will work itself out and you know and also i would tell myself relate to everything else you've done in life right you've worked hard mm. for this the result came out when i was a you know um a brand new nurse or when i was just starting the program or when i used to be in martial arts when i was just you know, a white belt. I knew that I had to do this kick, this punch to get to the next belt. And then I had to do this to get to the next belt. I was never really thinking about the black belt. I was thinking about the next belt. So mm -hmm. going back and be like, go to that kid again and say, get through this belt. You'll get to that one. I promise. Now get to that one. And so that's what I would t tell myself. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Like it's so good to remember that, like, cause we get so caught up, right. We see like Pace and Jamil and then even people above them, like Grant Cardone or like Robert Kiyosaki. And we see this huge mountain and we're like, how are we going to get all the way up there? When really it's just like, you got to be just taking one step at a time. You're in chapter where you and me are probably in chapter five. They're in chapter 24, right. You know, mm -hmm. like we got to stay in the chapter we're at don't compare yourself to other people. I don't care how long or much longer you've been doing it than other people. A doesn't matter. B they might be lying. <laughs> There's a good chance they're <laughs> lying and not making quite as much money as they say they are. And C like who cares? Are you working and getting better every single day? That's literally all that matters. Um, and you don't fail unless you quit. Right. So I just wanted Facts. to say that as well. What uh, what are some book recommendations for the crowd that we can give? Man, my favorite book, actually, Alejandro Alvarez. I got to give him a shout out. He recommended this book to me. It's called The 5 a.m. Club. I love that one. It doesn't necessarily talk about it. It's not just a, a morning book. A, oh, this is your 5 a.m. routine. It does have that. Spoiler alert. But it has a lot more to it, a lot more principles and things about life that I was actually that I really, 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 really enjoyed. Um, if you're just getting started more on the real estate side, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. To me, that's not so much a strategy book. It's more of a 
general real estate book. Um, right. Funny enough, he actually talks about wholesale in there, and I didn't even know until like I reread does it. Does he? He does, dude. There's one part. No he way. Actually, he talks about wholesaling in there. He mentions he mentions wholesale. Yeah, he doesn't actually wow. call it wholesale, but assigning the contract. Yeah, there's one part wow, he does. I was crazy. like, what? um, and then one that I well, you one more here. It's or technically three. It's uh, uh, Go Giver series. So I've read the Go Giver. Uh, the go-giver leadership and the go-giver influence. But my favorite, it's go-giver leadership because that has re- been so um, relatable to me in the journey of building a team. There's five concepts that it has in there. And that the one that I always remember is, you know, your biggest job as a leader is to hold the vision, right? When nobody else can see it, you have to be able to see it or else, you know, you're not going to get to that, to that place, to that spot that you want to be. So I think the Go-Giver series is amazing. And I just really like the way they 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 write the books too. It's like a story. Um, 5 a.m. Club is the same way. It's a story. So it's very engaging. I can follow it. I don't get bored. And it's one of those books that I can actually see it when I'm reading it. Like I can see the guys, the people meet, meeting at the coffee shop and stuff like that. So I think that series is amazing. I love it. I didn't know there were more than one. I only read the mm-hmm. Go-Giver. I'm going to look up Go-Giver Leadership and Go-Giver Influence and immediately They're try to find too. those. Yeah, I'm going to try to find those. My man, you are amazing. What can people find you at? What do you want to promote? Like, what's your Instagram? This is the time to plug everything that you're doing right now. Yeah, so my Instagram is my name, Luciano.svet, because my whole last name is way too complicated. So at Luciano.svet. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me two. If I don't get it, I, I need to. That's what do they want? What do you want them to send you, though? Send me the word scorch on the first thing. So I, when I see the preview, I know it's from here. Okay. And then I'll be like, okay, that came from the podcast. Like I'll, you know, I'll see that and I'll get to it immediately. Send me the word scorch and then really anything. And if you have any questions, I typically will respond to you on an audio. So I hope you're into that kind of thing. Um, one of my, my weaknesses, I, I don't like typing. So I audio a lot, which I actually think is great. And, uh, you know, ask me anything. It, it can be books. It can be, you know, if you heard anything here that resonates with you, any part of my journey, anything that maybe you want to learn from me, I'm su- super happy to do so. And if you have a deal, if you want to JV on anything, single family, Where? let's Where? do it. Phoenix, Arizona Metro, or Phoenix Metro, I mean, in Arizona. San Antonio, Austin, and Houston, Texas. And Central Florida and uh, Carolinas. We're actually not in North Carolina yet. We should be there within the next month. But Columbia, South Carolina, we're there as well. Absolutely love it, my man. And I would love Is to there... buy a house in Utah. So if anybody has a creative deal in Sandy or um, I forget what the town's called right below it, I would buy it. I want a primary in Utah so bad. I love it so much. So tell me, what else can we do for you? Is there anything else you want from my community that we can do to serve you? No, dude, just having me here, it's it's amazing. I'm, dude, like I told you, you're actually my first podcast, and even better, I got to say it on the podcast, like podcast number 69. Let's go. Um, and <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed it. Put it up there. <laughs> I really enjoyed your time, man. And um, I do look at your journey, kind of even when we don't talk from afar and see the things that you do. I look at people like you, I look at people like Alejandro, I look at people like Marlon, Daryl, um, you know, as, as mentors as well, even from afar, because I just see you, you know, I frankly, you're ahead of me on, my, on, on this path and this journey. And when I see you, one thing that I always tell people, look for mentors too, that you're at our arm's reach. Hey, I can reach you, Jonah, but pace, I'm really stretching to try to actually reach that level. So last tip that I'll give, like find somebody who is not that much ahead of you. They don't have to be an expert in real estate, but they remember step, they're in step four, right? Like you said, chapter five, they remember step three, two, and one a lot better than the guy who's in step 20. That guy's gonna be like, what, what did I do then? You know, so I 100% agree with that. I love having a mentor like Pace, but you also need a mentor who's only like one step ahead of you or two. Mm -hmm. Having one that's 25 is great, but like, holy Jesus, the stuff he deals with is so much different than the stuff we deal with. It's just such different problems. But my man, I appreciate you. I'm going to end this next week. We got John Galan and Mahmood together. They've both been on the podcast before, but they teamed up and I want to see their progress since the last time I talked to them. Um, They're freaking sick. I got to hard cut it right now, but guys, thank you so much. We will see y'all at the normal time next week, 5 p.m. PST. 
Let's freaking go. Let's go. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody.